0: Kelvencia Rocked is a Swiss national association raising awareness about gender inequality in the music industry, while supporting, promoting and connecting professional female, inter, non-binary and trans artists. Through its grassroots projects such as producing, DJing, band workshops and songwriting camps, it offers platforms for young people of all levels to discover music and be part of an empowering community. Find out more on our website, helvetziarocked.ch. Sign up for the newsletter and follow us on social media. Musicians in Conversation is sponsored by Suiza, the cooperative society of music authors and publishers in Switzerland. Sweezer is celebrating its 100-year anniversary in 2023. Hi everyone, my name is Natalia and I'm a presenter, content creator and DJ. In this episode, I speak with Jackie Brucher, a.k.a. Jack Torera, who is a musician, filmmaker, visual artist and performer. Her band The Jackets also provide the music for this season's podcast. We discuss the loss of her mother during childhood and how that inspired the personal documentary film Las Toreras the importance of creativity in her life and her experiences as a fully independent artist. Jackie shares two songs with us and answers an audience question. Don't forget, if you have a question, simply send a direct message to Helvetia Rocked on Instagram. In the meantime, here's my conversation with Jackie.
1: Hi, this is Jackie Brucher and you're listening to Helvetia Rock. Musicians in Conversation. Hi,
0: Jackie. Thank you for joining me on Musicians in Conversation. Hi. Thanks for having me. That's my pleasure. I'm going to get started with this interview with the question that I ask
1: everybody, and that is, how did you get started on your musical journey? For me, music uh, and my life kind of goes always together. It was always like reflecting what I was what face I was and I see music like in the beginning you kind of you're surrounded by by uh, the music that people listen and for me I when I was really young it was heavy metal my brother my older brother Listen to heavy metal we were I was wearing uh, boots and leather jackets and uh, everybody had long hair and ACDC, uh, Aerosmith, like with, I'm saying like with eight, nine, ten years old. Yeah. Really. But I also, what's really important, it's, it's kind of that we grew up in a very sad uh, environment, me and my brother, because my mother was, uh, had, uh, was mental ill. And music was for me always like uh, something to comfort me or to help me kind of. And heavy metal, this dark thing. It was a world that I kind of, it helped me to to understand these things or to find something. And so I listened to the music because I heard they also have something sad. Yeah. we, We lost our mother actually. And um, so it, I had a, a, a sad start yeah. into my life. Was this when you were quite young? You lost I was, it well, unlo- right? Yeah, she committed suicide when I was oh 10. Oh God, so yeah, sorry. Very 10. sorry. And, but you know, it's a very early age, but now I look back and it's a long time and it was always connected with music and to find find an, something to express something that inside has to come out. Yes. And so when I in my teenage time I discovered the squat scene, and I was totally into punk. It was more political and uh, having a message. And I I, I left home. Uh, I was really rebellious and i lived in a squat in the biggest squat of zurich in uh, volgrad and i wow. was a punk baby <laughs> oh my god and there and you know there i found uh, uh, this world where other people had also like uh, stories and it was allowed to to have your story and express yourself let it out um it was really an incredible place with concerts Every, every day, five concerts, uh, bands coming from all over the world and play there. And I was getting involved. And I was 15, 16. Oh, my God. Yes.
0: what ways were you getting yeah,
1: involved? Every, it was, it, that was so great because you could, uh, yeah, it was working behind the bar wow. or uh, setting up, helping setting up the stage or it was, you know, everywhere cleaning stuff. It was uh, like a microcosmos. Yeah. It was like 120 people living there. It had everything, space for, you know, the hippies, the skaters, the the first the techno uh, people came in because they needed a place to do their illegal uh, techno parties, like the toll first one. Yeah. Um, it has chess and rock and roll and uh, sports rooms and uh, video and also space for, well, it's a huge really this place check is it so out so cool is it yeah. still, does it still exist no it no it then? only exists for 2 years but it was like it had <sighs> a huge impact on me and also my music career because i i mean then i just watched every gig and it was for me the 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 greatest thing to watch them but i mainly saw men on stage mm-hmm. and i never ever thought that i would play music myself even though i kind of i i did learn uh, already the guitar and i was into I was going to ask that, like, when did the guitar
0: come into your life? When did yeah, that happen?
1: I mean, I, there are pictures with me when I was seven and I built my own uh, little guitar out of wood, really trashy, oh. like a box with strings on. And uh, so uh, there was something, obviously, and I love to dance and I always did art and I painted. And so creativity was for me always something that, uh, that I can do and I feel comfortable and it's mine while the whole world around me was sad and difficult. And it was there already, the need for me also making me musically to... Yeah, to, uh, yeah I was interested in it for yeah. sure. But I, I well, when didn't you said, think...
0: Yeah, you didn't think and you didn't see anybody represented or somebody that looks like you on stage at this time. Yeah. So how did you get to that point where you were like, that's my space as well. I'm going to claim that. I'm going to be there.
1: Yeah, so that was uh, maybe with I was 20. I already art, entered art school and I had a friend asked me a couple times she said hey we have this band please come join us and and I said hey sorry but I don't I kind of play guitar or instrument and I said I only play three chords and she said oh that's great I only play two
0: <laughs> so that makes five
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so and she tried a couple times And I always thank her for that really she was really insistent and uh, so there I went uh, to the rehearsal uh, there was a super heavy guitar someone left in this really stinky uh, band rehearsing room and nobody was singing so I sang into this very stinky microphone <laughs> oh,
0: the and, stinky microphone do you know when you said that yeah. I can I, I have a memory of stinky microphones it's yeah. so visceral <laughs> I think most a lot of musicians know that yeah you uh, know <laughs>
1: so, you know <laughs> yeah. one that nobody wants to take with them when yeah. they leave the room you know oh, there oh, were all oh. these bands that yes, this room yeah. exists for. Decades. And so, and then like three weeks later, it feels like, I don't know exactly how long, but really short after we had the first gig. What? And all I remember, it was, it was just like this, this energy and this thing inside of me coming out and I had this power and energy and this, and I just shouted and yes. screamed and I had this, I don't know, something happened. I had no, no time to think. And the, the audience reacted and they were like, Wah! and it was, this was the beginning of Oh everything. my God, you're yeah. speaking,
0: I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> I can, I'm can. visualizing just that that moment of you coming into this realization of this artist that's within you, this performer, this stage persona, this person who can command a room. I love that. When did you discover that you were going to include different artistic disciplines, because you're a filmmaker, you do theater pieces, as well as, you know, play guitar, sing and, and play instruments and do like your, your kind of band stuff. When did you open up to other forms of artistic expression in terms of performing it and giving it out to the world?
1: Um, I mean, I always was uh, a visual artist or like painting, drawing, building, sculpture. When I entered art school, I wanted to become an artist and work with all different tools. I always was a bit in the wrong place. There was nothing for me uh, with all my interests and all my different um, um, expression or tools. I always felt like, okay, I have to decide for one thing or the world uh, I thought I have to decide. Oh, I'm only going to do this and I'm only going to do now. Uh, costumes or because i like i like the theater and performing things so i I like to yeah change roles and play with that and tell stories it was always like everything belongs together and and but now the world was divided into do photography do uh, visual art do music do only this and you have to make a decision and what what will it be and so for a long time i felt uh, just like, oh, on the pressure, I have to, do, what shall I do when I yeah. cannot decide? <laughs> and so- but that's what
0: makes you so interesting and so interesting to me because I think so many people can identify with that having a genuine interest, but also not just an interest in different art forms, but just a desire to do it. But that pressure from society to say, oh, choose one, pick one. Because it's, it's not easy to go against what people are saying or even if they're not directly saying it, but they're suggesting it. Hey, why don't you just do fashion or do costume design? What was it in you that pushed against that narrative to become where you are now?
1: I remember when... So I was struggling, for example, in this... I wanted to be in the art school, but now I was in the fashion department. I was totally not at the right (laughs) learning. I didn't want to become a fashion designer at all. But I was interested in creating these uh, figures. So I kind of was always rebelling in there too. questioning fashion. And I started to making anti-fashion. Things you cannot sell for sure yeah (laughs) you know like uh, ties with hairs on it and i i start to make female elvis or fighters and strong women when i started to make music and that's maybe answering your question when i discovered music to play in bands i started i thought hey okay i don't like to be in this fashion department or uh, but i can use it for my for in the way I like it, so in that time, it was all about these instant bands you know like let 's put together the perfect band so I said well i 'm going to design my band, and it 's a female rock and roll band, and so I made the, the costumes for and I started to print guitars, so I kind of started to play to to kind of work with their rules, yeah. but make it my my own thing, and having fun. And uh, in, for example, in the art, I was uh, using m- music as a theme, you know. So I, I kind of started to, to combine this, these things. Already? Yeah. And then I did f- film school because I needed to, to, to uh, discover, you know, storytelling and the film. I can put all, everything together and I need more time. And then later after, I learned so many techniques and then I uh, started to do my one-woman show. But that was for me like the solution that I create my job. I make a show where I do. I write a story, I do the costumes, I perform, I sing, I write the songs. I play it completely independent. I can push the buttons, the technique, so I can be my own uh, show on the Absolutely. road. You know, And I can play not only in theaters but on the music stages. Absolutely. So I can tell a story on the music stages. So that's how I kind of pro- progressed or how we developed. Yeah. yeah.
0: If you're involved in music as a hobby, profession or both, sign up for free on the Helvetia Rocked Music Directory. It's a platform for women, non-binary, trans and intersex people in the Swiss music industry. For singers, instrumentalists, bookers, managers, sound engineers, photographers and many more of all levels. It's about visibility. It's about community. It's about empowerment. We invite all of you to participate in this project. For further information, go to musicdirectory.ch One thing I'm really interested in is how you describe, because we're talking about now your, your one-woman show. How do you describe to people, maybe even bookers or, or these venues that you're working at, who you are and what you do? Because I think that there's some people who might have difficulty, you know, they know that they're expressive, they know that they're artistic, they know that they have these tools across genre and across disciplines. But then figuring out how to explain to someone, book me because I do this, it's not straight up like, oh, I'm going to play a song. How did you find the words to describe what you do?
1: For sure, that was always a big subject or because it makes it more complex, more complicated to... Um, Yeah, to say who you are and what you do. But I say I'm an artist. And then um, I say what I'm doing. And it's also, you know, I'm not doing always everything together. Right. So I have my projects. And then so I'm a musician and with my bands. And if I have to talk to the bookers or so, then... I'm the musician and but yeah I'm a multidiscipline artist but it it was a long time that I felt like oh I'm the problem you know (laughs) or you know I don't fit and I'm happy to see that now it's more and more normal and uh, finally it's kind of everything is uh, yeah mingling and or it's it's view as something normal.
0: I like when I looked at your website, it was super clear. Like you mentioned, you've got your projects, you've got your bands, you've got your theatre pieces, you've got the documentary, which we'll talk about. I like the fact that for someone coming in, I could just see this is all you. How, how did you arrive there?
1: Yeah, it took it took really long time, especially when you say the making the website. Because, I mean, this is like... I tell a lot of artists that don't have a website or my friends that are artists since a long time. They always say, oh no, and why? And so, but for me, it was a really important process to kind of really say, yeah, who am I? It was, it was very impor- important for me to kind of, yeah, present myself as, a, as an artist and ex- explain my complex <laughs> way of working. For me, what I really do is I, the red thread through my, What I do is the content. There is there is always, it's like this, um, yeah, identity or art show business. There are themes that come back. Say sometimes it's kind of better to write a song about something. And sometimes you have to make a movie. Right. You know? I was so asked like where this so
0: inspiration starts in the process.
1: Yeah. So it's the, the, the form can change, but the content has a following up for my work. You know, I started to... You know more. Uh, think about the the body and or yeah gender and how uh, dreams uh, nightmares in life and it that is always connected with my story losing my mother early and have a other view on on the society. You know how they deal with painful things. Um, so these subjects are. Um, in my work and they make the one thing and the form can change yeah it was always I like this flexibility and yeah yeah ex- express myself differently something yeah absolutely let's talk about your music
0: you are going to share with us your track dreamer how did this come about
1: sometimes you have these songs that just fly to you and I love that um idea that they come to you, the songs. That was exactly what happened with the songs. With the Jackets, we are uh, intensely live band or playing a, li- a lot. It's a song that we will always have fun to play. It's dreamy and psychedelic, but when you play it live, it's super powerful and fuzzy and it has all these different elements. And it's just a song that we, we I brought it to the rehearsing room and we love it and we played it and so... So we went to Berlin. We worked with uh, King Kong, Erich. He's a musician, a fantastic artist, and a very good friend of ours. And we went to live in his house with his beautiful family and um, went to record in Berlin with his uh, partner, Nene. And yeah, we recorded live. Live means Yeah, with uh, all the instruments together and then the overdubs and vocals later.
0: I love it. I love it. Let's listen to Dreamer. Talk about um, your project, your documentary that you're making, currently called Las Toreras. Can you tell us about Las Toreras? You mentioned um, it's, uh, it's, it's connected to your family. Is it to do with your mother?
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah so it's um, a documentary, but it has a lot of uh, art in there. Uh, there is like a fiction um, part and a documentary part where I make interviews with my family. And it's the research, like I said in the beginning, I lost my mother. She, she was mentally ill and had heavy depression and schizophrenia. And so since I was 10, we never talked about her anymore. Wow. And this happens uh, a lot, but it was like there were a lot of things that were not clear and mysterious and I didn't understand. And, but I kind of found a way with the art. To kind of with what I knew about her to make uh, something with it and it inspired me actually so I kind of had always this connection with the story of her and it was like a great school and uh, uh, inspiration and it gave me a lot for my life really and so after after like 30 years It kind of came back there were were all these things this question I had yeah and I thought why don't we not talk why we never talked about her and why is it so hard to not deal with with it you know I'm not a sad person I'm a very (laughs) like uh, cheerful person or I'm known for that you know I like to have fun and so it was always like I, I cannot tell this story it's too sad You know, it's too sad and who wants to hear it? And oh, no, no, the suicide movie. But I wanted to kind of, um, I came to a point where I said, no, you know what? I want to be uh, not brave, but I think it's just time that I know who she was. Yeah. That inspired my whole life, you know? And I think she should not be just like forgotten and lost just because she's, it's a painful thing. Uh, to kind of be like act, uh, treated like she never existed yeah so this is the f- film is this journey so I have this art character Jack Torero. This is my artist's name, but it's also my alter ego. She's strong. She, she's like, she has a sombrero hat and, uh, or a cowboy hat, and she's androgyn. She's strong. When I'm on stage, I'm Jack Torreira. Right. You know, it's this yes. thing that comes out. Yeah, persona. This persona yeah. comes out. So I go with her on this journey, and she goes kind of into this desert, emptiness of the Spanish desert and there I go look for my mother and I kind of there is an encounter So in art I kind of meet her and yeah it's it's it became really beautiful but it was an incredible huge challenging (laughs) project
0: I can imagine especially Mm -hmm. when you are delving into yourself and your own personal experiences and your family's experiences were you ever met with kind of like resistance to talk about it when you when you approached your
1: family Surprisingly, not really. I mean, and that's that's something that I learned. That you know, like you think, or maybe it's because I was so young and a kid, and you know, the adults, there was there was adult stuff that you know we knew that we it's not us to know about things. Yeah, you know, and maybe this led to the this idea that we don't ask questions. And but when I really then finally s asked question and I came up with thirty years later, you know, everybody said, "Of course, we tell you what we know about your mother oh. that's one thing, but yeah, there are things that that the Spanish didn't know, and the Swiss people didn't know right. so you know so there is it's like one person's life, and it's divided in two one is the Swiss. Half of her life you know the, when she moved to Switzerland, yeah. and one is in Spain, so and the two families didn 't know about the other, and there are like her diaries and um, and so I discover a lot of new things and I, and so the story is looked at very different from Spain and Switzerland, so yeah. I kind of go and I enter in a huge <laughs> weird situation that that, uh, yeah, everyone has a complete different perspective on the story, you know. Imagine. It's not, It's I mean, it's like a, a huge discovery that I make in the movie.
0: I love the fact that you were able to take this journey because sometimes I think it speaks to so many people's own personal experiences of loss and, and especially under the circumstances as well that for you to be able to take this journey for yourself and use your art to reconnect with your mother and her story, it's just wonderful. I think that a lot of people will be able to get so much out of it. So, you know, thank you also for, for taking that journey. What are some of the challenges you face today as an independent artist and in terms of making a living from your art? If any, if yeah. any, because also we can use this as an opportunity to encourage people to mm-hmm. perhaps take on the profession.
1: I mean, of course, I mean struggle. There are of different levels. There are like you know, like the situation for bands and how to tour or um, with social media. The the this whole shift. This, I mean, there I can say a lot, there is a lot of uh, struggle and challenges. What are some of the challenges,
0: do you say, for the, about like, social media and stuff? Is it something that comes naturally to you? Is it's, it's certainly a, a point that I've talked about with other artists and I've had many conversations and even I feel myself sometimes it's so difficult. Oh my God, I've got to take a picture now. Oh my mm-hmm. God, I've got to document this. Oh, yeah. Or, or yeah. you know, after you've been somewhere, oh my God, I forgot to take a picture. Like it doesn't. It's not something that comes naturally. Like, what is it like for you?
1: Yeah, it's this. It's great to be uh, in, uh, connected with your audience directly, and we like to do the videos and the foot, the the pictures, and so social media. Yeah, this whole like posting and not too much and regularly, and it can be overwhelming. Um, I just want to know from
0: your perspective um, what it means to you to be independent and I'm asking because there's a lot I think of young musicians coming in or artists who are really looking for managers or looking for labels or looking to be have some kind of representation for different reasons or maybe it's because for some it's a sign of success or sign that somebody believes in you or but what does it mean to you that you've you've kept on this independent path?
1: I think the the most important thing of what you have is uh, your your show or your music. For us, for example, I think every gig led to next one, and that's how we build our own audience. You need just to find your your audience that really likes what you're doing, your supporters, and 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 build on that. I, I, we had labels, but there were people, our friends we know, right. and. So we had our show and the art has to be something unique and something... If you make it uh, authentically and you have your own thing that uh, means something to you personally, then you have independency. Then then you have something to build on that no one can take away from you. But I don't want to say there are great managers and people. You have to find them in the right time also. If it's too early you, you know, you have to make this experience first, uh, yourself, like
0: like performing and writing,
1: and and not too fast, Uh, I see a lot of bands, they are, they have an amazing start, one year, and they're really um, successful, and then they're, after three years, they hate each other, and they are all, like, they think they're, they know everything they're already bored with uh with the venues that if it's the same one and you know it's or not bored it's not right but it's kind of uh, it's if it goes too fast you miss a lot for me it was always the the, the this adventure meet new people new places new other bands and uh, grow and become better and figure out things yourself in the studios. And this, this makes you independent, you know, yeah. this whole experience in between. And the fast way is boring. You miss the best part. You miss the
0: best part. <laughs> I love that. That's so inspiring. So I have an audience question for you. And this one is from at Madame Poopydu.
2: Is there something specific you would have liked to know before becoming independent, about being independent, like a detail or something helpful that you only figured out during the process?
0: So I think this person is asking for tips, maybe experiences from you. What would you have liked to have known before your journey of being an
1: independent artist? Oh, definitely it was uh, knowing about royalties and right stuff. Um, I mean, when I started, uh, we just we played, we made songs, we recorded and we had absolutely no, no clue. And uh, so when I look back, I would say, well, I have to say, I don't know when you learn it and what, how you would learn it. And maybe uh, it was just probably every musician starts like that. You just have fun and you have your friends and you write songs together. But uh, no, like knowing that, that, you know, filling out all the Suiza papers right. <laughs> gigs, you know, I never knew for what they were. I mean, it, I was very young and, you know, yeah. we just failed out and they were harassing you, the promoters, with uh, like, you have to fill it out. And if not, you don't get your money. Yet. So it's basically
0: um, knowing about the rights and royalties. So what, if you go into a bit more detail, what, what does that mean?
1: Yeah, well, that you when you write a song, actually, you immediately should uh, register the songs. I mean, they're protected um, just just by sitting there and by, uh, but you should kind of uh, say that you made a song Mm -hmm. and once at least when you perform them, uh, not only when you record them, but also when you uh, uh, play a show. Yeah. and and sing these songs, they should be registered. So you're going to get this money that uh, is collected for you. You know, that that the venue so has to pay team. and the Suiza has to, uh, wants to give this money to you. And if it's not registered, it disappears or it gets lost or it yeah. doesn't get to you. So this is something for for some years yeah i just uh, played songs and uh, performed songs and um... it's one of
0: those things you just don't really think of like you said like you ha- you're having fun you play music with your friends you're on stage and it's not really the first thing that you think of in terms of doing it's almost quite administrative isn't it but you need to let your music work for you and and earn you money like it's it's your right isn't exactly, it, to... exactly. To, to get money from it. So usually is it when you perform, there's a, you mentioned like a paper or a form you have to fill out. Is that like, you'd get that from the promoters normally?
1: Yeah, normally you should get it. And if you don't get it, you should um, ask or at least uh, then tell the tell Suiza that you played there. And they normally collect it anyways. So it's paid anyways, but uh, it cannot be paid to you. If you don't register your songs. And so and registering the song means that you know who wrote what, who wrote the lyrics, who did the which part. And then, so this is the songwriting part. And yeah. then there is a performing uh, rights part. So if you are not a songwriter, yeah. but you performed on a recording, you, uh, you have also rights to get money for every time this song recording is performed on the radio mm. or somewhere you have the rights because you are on this recording so this is another thing you also have to register so this is things i just <laughs> nobody tells you yeah. everybody knows so either you're a songwriter or a music performer on recordings you should uh, yeah get your rights together and know what you ri- what your rights are this is such great information
0: such valuable information because like you say it's everybody probably assumes that everyone already knows but it's not that nobody talks about it so how would you know
1: yeah um by by learning the hard way yeah
0: well i hope i hope that people are listening today and can register their music with suiza and get paid for performing get paid for their their registered music thanks to you for letting us know yeah you're
1: welcome yeah
0: Jackie, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with us and your story. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. It was a great pleasure, really. Thank you a lot. Jackie, please introduce the second track that we'll hear from you. So now you're going to hear Pie in the Sky by The Jackets.
0: If you want to join the Helvetia Rocked community or find out more, check out the website, sign up for the newsletter and follow us on social media. If you would like to support Helvetia Rocked, you can also become a member or donate. And if you like what you heard today, please share it with your friends. Helvetia Rocked Musicians in Conversation is a concept by Natalia Anderson in collaboration with Helvetia Rocked. It's presented and produced by Natalia Randerson. Music is by Jackie Brucher and The Jackets.